Thanks for pressing play. This is Lockhead on Marketing. And on this episode, a thoughtful conversation about how to create and execute what marketing guru, podcast entrepreneur, Jeremy Ryan Slate calls a small pond PR strategy and why Jeremy says you should go small before you go big. I've known Jeremy for a while. I was lucky enough to be on his podcast. He's got a fantastic top charting podcast called Create Your Own Life. And he's the founder of a firm called Command Your Brand Media. And he helps entrepreneurs get their message out uh, through PR, guesting on podcasts. And he also helps podcasters uh, do more legendary things. He's a fantastic guy. This is a fun conversation uh, that I think is important for many entrepreneurs and marketers. We are sponsored by our good friends at Oracle NetSuite, and they want to help you reduce uncertainty in these uncertain times by giving you the control and visibility you need to manage your business. Visit netsuite.com different to receive your free guide, Managing Business Uncertainty, and to get your free guide, uh, excuse me, your free product tour right now. So you're going to get your free guide and a free product tour of NetSuite, the number one cloud ERP platform when you visit netsuite.com different. And data is critical, particularly in a crisis. And my friends at Splunk are the leaders in data to everything. They help you bring data to every question, every decision, and every action. Visit splunk.com slash D, the number two E, as in data to everything. That's S-P-L-U-N-K dot com slash D to E. Now, hey ho, let's go. This is Lockheed on Marketing, the podcast that helps you develop the lens for what makes legendary marketing legendary. Hosted by Christopher Lockhead, three-time CMO, godfather of category design, and a high school dropout, who the Marketing Journal calls one of the best minds in marketing, and The Economist calls off-putting to some. So, Jeremy, tell me about this small pond PR strategy uh, that I find so fascinating that, that's in your head. Well, I, I, I guess just to back it up a little bit, I find too often people disconnect with their local community or they're like, you know, I want the Forbes, I want the ink, I want all this other stuff because they are like, that's what's going to move the needle. But if you shoot right for that stuff, you have to realize that there's stairs to getting media and you have to know how to actually get up those stairs and actually get your local area to support you. So... By saying it's a small pond, what I mean is everybody has a small community, group, or whatever it may be that they're a part of. So, for example, in 2015, I did what's called a exchange with Rotary International where they actually sent me to Peru, and I sp- spoke in 30 different Rotary groups all over Peru. So they talked to that in their, their giant mailer that goes to all the Rotary members in the world. They talked about it in each one of those groups. Um, so that's one example. Another example is I grew up in a small town called Hamburg, New Jersey called that because a lot of Germans lived there when it first started up. It's about five-eighths of a mile in size. We have a regional high school. We don't have a town high school. We don't have a grocery store. Babe Ruth used to play golf there in the early 90s, early, early 90s, early, early 1920s. I want to say 1920s, and that's what came out. I want to talk to the people who saw him playing golf there in the early 90s. <laughs> 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 they might have been uh, t- doing some other things to be able to see him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it was also a big, 
hub for transportation. Trains used to go through there. We don't use trains anymore. So nothing, so literally nothing happens in this town. But the thing that is interesting about it is there's a small weekly newspaper that gets sent to everybody's house in this five eighths of a mile town every Thursday. Their press day is Tuesday. So what I would do is anytime that we were doing something in our business, I would take a look at it and I would find out what's newsworthy about what we're doing. Because too often people are like, oh, I just want coverage. It's like, that's great. But if you don't have a reason you're different or a reason that the media should care, an interesting statistic, an interesting achievement, something you're doing to help the community. And then we actually use that to write press releases, send that to that paper. And since it's such a small town, it was almost guaranteed to then run in that town. And then what we could do from there is locate other small things that we were a member of and promote to them. My university did um, a feature on me. We got one of the uh, larger newspapers in the area called the Bergen Record to run one of our press releases. And then a TV producer happened to be reading the newspaper and was like, oh, podcast, that's interesting. And I got on TV that way. So you have to figure out what your small area is. And honestly, one of the best ways that I've found to do that is by start writing press releases to promote to that area. Because they're hungry for news and you got to tell them about it because the media especially these local papers, because it's a part-time job for people, not something they're doing all the time. They don't look for news. They wait for news to find them. So you have to be your advocate and, and the person that is going to be telling it, but also to your small community, because those people are going to be the ones that promote you. You know, it's so smart. And, and my buddy, uh, Eddie Yoon, who's this sort of category guru to the Fortune 100, in his book, Super Consumers, he talks about sort of identifying the 10% of any market category who are the sort of most enthusiastic. And he said, one of the ways that you can look for them are geo-based. And I think a lot of us forget about that, right? The, the hometown paper wants to write a story about how Jeremy Ryan Slade is the man and he's saying <laughs> it in podcasting and he's this and he's that and he's got Don Felder and all these amazing people and you're doing all this cool shit. They want to celebrate you uh, in the, what did you say, five-eighths of a mile? Is that what it was? <laughs> we don't even get a full mile, man. Five-eighths. <laughs> and you know, the other thing it makes me think of, so there's, that's really cool for, uh, you know, anybody who wants to build a following to start with a very tight ring in their neighborhood. And there may also be, I'd be curious as to your feedback on this one, sort of a very tight band you could draw around an interest group. Mm -hmm. You know, so maybe you're an expert in a certain area and you're trying to promote new ideas in that area. And of course, today, you know, look, maybe getting a blogger who's got an email list of uh, 2,000 people, but they're enthusiastic 2,000 people, and they really care about your area of expertise, the area you focus your career or your business on, you know, a, a great piece with a local blogger like that could also make that kind of difference. I would agree 100%. And this is where I agree with you with what you're always saying about niche down because I think too often people want to go big before they go small. And um, for, here's a great example, chiropractors. There's a magazine that goes to every chiropractic office in the country called Natural Awakenings. If you run an article in that, you're going to start to become an opinion leader to that group. So I think too often people think big before they think small. And like you're saying, like there's probably blogs that are in, within your industry that make sense. Like, wealthy gorilla for somebody in the, in the, in the meat, in the money space, figure out who those are and start connecting with those people as well. And that even goes down to writing, like, let's say you're in marketing, you know, writing for like a, a smaller level um, publication within marketing or something like that, like figuring out what those groups are and, and really running strategy with it. But then even, even the thing that, that a lot of people miss as well. And it's a simple thing, Chris, is, is the idea of even having a media page on your site 
to store all these features and stuff like that you get. Because as you get more out there, people are going to check out what have you already done. And if you make it difficult for them, they're not going to look for it. So you need to say, here, this is what I've had to say. This is what others have had to say about me. And it really does help you to build more of that opinion leader status. But I agree with you 100%. Like finding publications or even bloggers or anything like that within your niche, um, even social media people within your niche is huge because you're speaking to just your public. I think a lot of times, honestly, it just comes from vanity that people want bigger media before they've went small enough to look for what can be effective for me to actually get the attention. You know, it's so interesting you say that because um, my buddy Neil Perberg is the host of a super popular podcast called Off the Lip Radio here in Santa Cruz. And he just started off wanting a uh, radio show slash podcast about local surf and skate culture, surfers, skaters, uh, musicians. And, you know, it's sort of, it's now sort of a Santa Cruz almost lifestyle podcast. But the interesting thing is by focusing narrowly on Santa Cruz in the beginning, they get like over 100,000 downloads an episode of this crazy ass show, right? Because he focused on skaters and surfers in Santa Cruz, but now it's listened all around the world. It's listened, of course, all around the West Coast. And so uh, it just, by it's, there's this interesting dichotomy in marketing by being super niche and super focused in the beginning. It's, it, it's the dichotomy. It allows us to go super big over time. Well, I, I agree with that there's a there's a podcaster out in Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, Chris Holyfield. And he runs a podcast called I Am Salt Lake Podcast, and he's been running it for like eight years, where he just interviews local people in Salt Lake City, Utah, about how they started their business, what they're doing in their business, the impact they want to make. And this thing's getting like millions of downloads all over the country because he found the community and the people that care, and he featured them. And and I think too often we're branching out before we're ready to. You have to find out where your power centers are and don't disconnect before you start to get that power into action. And so if I'm an entrepreneur and I want to employ this uh, small pond PR strategy that Jeremy's telling me to do here, how would you suggest I get started? Well, first and foremost, and I, and I say this because I talk to a lot of like local and smaller businesses. My, my wife tells me I should start a, a course called How to Use the Internet for People Over 50. Easy on the people over 50. <laughs> <laughs> and, and every time I end up talking about this, I just find that people don't have PR basics in before they start trying to apply a PR strategy. So that means taking a look at your website for, is your first step. You take a look at it and you say, do I have a good about us page on here? Do I have a bio that's ready if somebody wants to talk to me? And that's usually a 50-word uh, a bio, the right type of you know, media images and stuff like that, a blog on your site, because whether you're writing once a month or once a week, whatever it may be, people that are, that are influential and have opinions have something to say. So you need to have a place to say that. And another thing is that media page. And, and, and I find too, I don't know if you're, you agree with this or not, Chris, but I find that you get a better response rate when a lot of the things on your site are actually written in third person, where it's somebody else writing about you. I, I just find the style of people writing about themselves on their site isn't as media ready. So having that step in first and foremost is important. And then after that, you identify what those groups are. You know, do you have a local weekly newspaper that everybody can get mailed to their house or that you walk into local stores and there it is to grab, whatever that may be. If you are in a certain niche, what are people within your niche reading? Are you in any business groups? What are those? What university did you go to? If you're in a PhD program, you know, you went to another university. What's that all about? Doctoral programs. So start listing all of these groups that you're in. And then what you want to do is start looking at what other people are sending them. 
because I, I think too often people try to send out their information without looking at what's out there. So you need to make sure you're speaking the right terminology or it can be received in the right way. And then honestly, for newspapers and, and local papers, you're scrolling down to the, the bottom of that website and looking for a link that says press room or contact us. And it says for release email here. Because you want to make it so easy for them. And it's, I, I think people have gone away from the power of the press release, but a press release locally will usually run without alterations. So, you know, I read a really good article from HubSpot on how to write a good press release. So Google press release in HubSpot. But if you learn how to write a good press release, send it to some of these local organizations. Now, if you're sending to an organization that's not a media one, like your university or some of the business groups you're in, that's going to be have to be a little bit more tailored to that. And, you know, talking about, you know, some of the things you've achieved and the value you can provide. And from there, as these things start coming in, you start adding them to your media page and your site with logos and things like that. And just another tip that I think a lot of people forget about is signing up for helperreporter.com. Um, Help a Reporter Out is a great service that basically when somebody is writing an article, they send in what they're looking for. And as a source, you can answer it. And it's another good way to get your early media. Because as you start getting more and more of this media, you can get up to maybe the Inc. or the Forbes, or if it's within your niche, the Bulletproof Radio or things like that. But you can't think you're going to get it day one. Start building up. Start building your media page. And then as you're reaching out to higher level press, it's going to be easier for you to get. I've heard some rumblings from people that, you know, Haro help a reporter out was really great in the beginning and was great for a while. But now that a million people subscribe to it, reporters get, you know, some giant amount of responses to everything and mm -hmm. help a reporter out and it's sort of not worth doing anymore. But that's not what I hear you saying. You think it's still a valuable uh, tool to connect with reporters. Well, so here's the thing to that, right? You, you have to think of all the other people on Haro. They don't have a lot of these PR basics in on their site and they haven't gotten media before. So if you have your site set up the right way and you have some basic media from some of these local releases, number one, you're probably better than 50% of the people already on there. And then number two is it's also the amount of these you're applying for. Most people apply for one and they're like, well, I didn't get it. You, you got to apply for multiple. I find I get four out of 10. Hey, that puts you in the front of the Hall of Fame, Jeremy. <laughs> hey, that's like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I Major League Baseball, I, I'd, I'd be Ted Williams. But, like, it, it, it's the number of times you're doing this. Um, there's actually a really good post on Medium by Ari Mizell um, about uh, – so I would just Google Ari Mizell and Haro is how I found it. But Ari Mizell wrote a really good article about how he actually took Haro, connected it to uh, an automation app like Zapier, and then actually has a VA just filling out all these responses for him based on like some pre-written stuff that he's put together. So you need to increase your chances of actually getting seen, honestly. That, that's the really big thing you have to take a look at. Yeah, isn't it funny how much of success in business and life is, is trips to the plate, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all it is, man. Like you got to reach out more times. <laughs> you know, that old, you know, hackneyed quote from uh, Gretzky, right? You miss every shot you don't take. Right. I love it. So Haro still works and maybe you need still to still works. Up. You just need to increase your chances. That's all. Yeah. And maybe you ha uh, figure out what Ari did and automate it or whatever, but uh Take a couple more swings at this thing. Absolutely. All right. Anything else before we wrap, Jeremy? Well, it's figuring out who to promote this stuff to. And I find that, honestly, um, if you haven't interviewed him and, and you don't have him coming on, I would, I would check out a gentleman named Dennis Yu. Uh, he has a company called Blitz Metrics, and they teach this dollar-a-day advertising strategy. So then one of the things I actually have is I have my website pixeled, and I have it set up so in Facebook ads I have three audiences, a 30-day, 60-day, and 120-day audience. And then what happens is these press uh, pieces that come out, I will run 
press release, those press pieces at a pixeled audience because they're already looked at me. They may be considering working with me. They may be considering like doing something with me. So now I'm kind of in their space a lot more, but you're setting your daily budget at like a dollar a day since the pool is so small. So then you can take a look at the posts that are doing well, keep boosting them. The posts that don't do well, take the money away from them. But that way you're at least finding something that's automated that's getting in front of people that are already looking for you. So that, that's a little bit of extra pepper on the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Jeremy, I think you're really inspiring. Uh, don't kick me for saying this, but a younger entrepreneur, you know, as a... Hey, man, I'm 32. I'm not that young. Well, it's, it, that's young in my book, brother. And uh, I love, you know, you're one of the young guns. I love to see the young guns coming up with great big ideas. I love your podcast. I love the work you're doing. And uh, I sure hope you'll come back and uh, share more pearls of wisdom uh, as we go forward. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me today, Chris. Thank you, brother. All right. There he is, Jeremy Ryan Slate. We would like to thank Jeremy. Thank you, brother. We appreciate you coming on. You can find him on the internet at jeremyryanslate.com. That's jeremyryanslate.com. My first book, Play Bigger, How Pirates, Dreamers, and Innovators Create and Dominate Markets. Pick it up wherever you get legendary books. Speaking of dominating market categories, my friends at Category Design Advisors are there to help you figure out how to do just that. You can check them out on the internet at categorydesignadvisors.com. If you want to do legendary PR uh, in Australia and marketing in Australia and media communications, check out my friends at rapidmedia.com.au and legendary PR and marketing in beautiful Ireland. My buddies at Fusion are there to help you. Check out F-U-Z or Z-I-O-N dot I-E. That's F-U-Z-I-O-N dot I-E in Dublin and Cork, Ireland. And please, if you're in a position to help, don't forget our local hospitals, our faith-based organizations, our NGOs uh, are doing incredible work right now at this uh, horrible time in our history. If you're in a position to help, please make a difference. All right. I need to remind you that today's information is provided to you solely for informational purposes. And this podcast is the sole property of the Lockhead Oddcast Network. We are produced by living podcast legend, Jason DeFilippo. You can check his podcast out. It's called Grumpy Old Geeks. Technical awesomeness by uh, Sarah Knox and Jamie J. And show notes by the incredible Diane Gervasio. Uh, we need to remind you that this podcast is not for wankers. It's highly flammable. Please be nice to yourself. Be nice to your family and take good care. Support our local medical healthcare heroes. We deeply appreciate you if you're working on the front lines, if you're in the supply chain, if you're in the retail chain. Thank you so much. Um, and don't forget to spread podcasts, not viruses. All right. The thought I'll leave you with comes from me, who says, legends become known for a niche they can own. Thank you so much. I deeply appreciate you investing part of your life with me. We continue to podcast through the problem. Stay healthy. Stay legendary. And until we're together again, follow your different. <laughs>